You may have never had a marketing strategy because you started your business with one customer and it has organically grown from there. And then people contacted you to do business and just doing what you do brought people in. This means you haven't had to ever think seriously about this. However, if you are aiming for growth, which is not organic, it is now the time that you may need to sit down and map out this route to success. I'm Charlotte and you are listening to Let's Get Down to Business, a podcast by A4G Chartered Accountants. We're an accountancy practice based in Kent with over 25 years of consistent growth. In this series, we will take you through each stage in your journey to growing your business and how to overcome the hurdles along the way so that you can achieve a healthy growing business that is less dependent on you. So let's get started. Before I introduce our guest today, I just wanted to remind you to check out our Breakthrough Growth Programme, a programme designed to take you through every step of growing your successful business. Perhaps now more than ever, we all understand the security a well-oiled business can bring to you and your family. So whether you're just starting your journey or need the extra push to reach your ideal goals, this programme could be for you. Sign up or book a free discovery call now to discuss how we can tailor this programme to your business. To do this, head over to www.a4g-llp.co.uk forward slash business dash breakthrough forward slash growth or email us on inquiries at a4g-llp.co.uk. With me today is Malcolm Harbour, Managing Partner at A4G, who's going to chat us through building a marketing strategy for growth. Our previous episode would have got you on the right path for choosing that growth strategy. And now this is how to tell the world that you're ready to achieve those goals you set. So you may have never had a marketing strategy because you started your business with one customer and it has organically grown from there. And then people contacted you to do business and you just doing what you do brought people in. This means you haven't ever really had to think seriously about this. However, if you are aiming for growth, which is not organic, it is now the time that you may need to sit down and map out this route to success. So to help us chat through this in more detail, I'm joined today by Malcolm Parner, Managing Partner at A4G. Hi, Malcolm. How are you? Oh, good. Yeah. Good to talk to you again, Charlotte. Yes, good to talk to you too. So if anyone's followed us over the last few years, Malcolm, you hosted a great webinar mid-2020 about making money in the new normal. And as part of this, you spoke about the very first critical issue with regards to building for growth, and that was getting your strategy right. So please, can you just kick us off today and run through for our listeners who haven't seen this webinar, what you mean by this? Yeah, so the, um, I mean, one of the things that I said in that marketing um, webinar and in podcasts um, that we've done since and say to clients all the time is that there are three key types of marketing. So um, the the thing about marketing is there's tons of jargon. So people use different terms to describe the same things. But if you want to just think of this in very logical terms, just think in terms of inbound, outbound and referral. So inbound marketing is stuff that you do where people will then come and find you so historically that would have been like advertising Um, these days it's more likely to be doing stuff website wise maximizing maximizing search engine optimization etc outbound is where you go and find them so you might go knocking on doors or sending out mail shots or or, or emails these days telesales So, so so your marketing is going outwards And then the third type is what we will call referral marketing. So this is finding people who can refer you. So that may be your customers. It may be other professionals 
who do similar things to you, similar but different, uh, maybe slightly overlapping. You know, the classic relationship is the plumber and the electrician because they all refer each other all the time. But finding those other people and educating them about what you can do so that when they're in a, in front of somebody who's a potential customer for you, then, um, you know, they will get, put your name forward or, you know, pass over a leaflet or um, wh- whatever it is, really. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a number of things that you need to just have in place, really, you know, the, 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 the database and um, the, the way of capturing the information when you've got a potential customer, et cetera. So that's, that was sort of the, the essence of that, um, of that particular marketing webinar. You know, it was quite um, at that particular time, of course, 2020, you know, we had a lot of clients who were very, very worried about their um, viability of their business and um, were focused on getting new customers through the door because, you know, otherwise there would be um, no business. Now, you know, I know some of our clients are really still struggling because of the the nature of the business they're in, but a lot of other clients, there's um, there's a lot of work out there. So it's about um, getting the best return on the time that you've got. No worries. So we've explained the marketing strategies in detail here. So just, you know, if we perhaps take the more modern form of marketing, the inbound one, can you maybe just talk us through in a bit more detail how practically we could create a plan around this first type of strategy? Yeah, I think um, I think you need to start by thinking about the sort of people that are your ideal customers. Um, now, you need to be realistic about that. You know, um, your ideal customer is somebody who is desperate for your product or service and willing to pay loads and loads of money for it. But, you know, that you're unlikely to get lots of them. So on a more practical level, you know, um, what what do these people do? Are they in a particular industry? Are we talking general public here? Are we um, talking small businesses? Um, you know, what's the age um, category of those um, those customers and thinking in terms of who is it you want to attract to your business and then what are the ways that they are likely to find you you know I mean for for most age groups now um, you know maybe um, sort of up to 70 75 years of age the main way um, when they need something is going to be to go through um, Google mm-hmm. and um, you need to be thinking about the things that they're likely to type into Google in order to find the thing that they're looking for and then you've got to look at your website and the content that's on there to see whether that is focused towards those particular um, those those particular keywords etc so you know there's um, it is a bit of a black art, this, and you know there are lots of specialists out there on search engine optimization. I wouldn't pretend to be one of those, but you don't have to be the most um, advanced in terms of SEO to get yourself on that front page because most searches, particularly for services, are local, as in they put in what it is they need and then they put in 
their own location or, you know, the county that they're in or whatever. So you're not in competition with the entire world normally, unless you're selling um, a product that they can download. Um, you're, you know, you're just in competition with the your local competitors. So you just need to get some content on the website that, you know, is engaging. It, it changes reasonably often. You know, it's not the same stuff you've had on there for 10 years. Um, it's got those keywords mentioned several times. It's informative. Um, you know, Google's changing its um, algorithms all the time in the way that it ranks different businesses. So it's just important that you, um, you know, you, you have that stuff on there and that when they then find you, it's giving the right impression about your business. And, you know, in, in essence, that is the the number one thing that you could be doing um, in regard to inbound, um, you know, other than investing significant sums in advertising, which for most owner managers is, is probably not going to be affordable. No, I agree. And then if we if we then look at that sort of outbound marketing strategy, you know, this is perhaps a bit more of an old fashioned method, maybe, if you like, as part of the marketing strategy growth, you know, but for some industries, this is actually still beneficial, you know, more than others, would you say? Yeah, for some industries, yes, but but maybe for any industry where no one else is doing it, you know, mm. yeah, there's there's this big thing in marketing that's more important to be different than be better, and you know, if every single business in um, in your industry is spending significant sums on you know social media and website and search engine optimization and all of these things you know maybe you can't compete with that maybe you need to find a different way and um it's not so much the industry it's probably more the customer base so you know if if you're quite specialist in terms of what you do and your customers are in a you know a fairly niche area then perhaps um, an outbound strategy might be better, you know, that you you could buy some data or research it yourself, you know, just get yourself onto Google and find out all the people that are in a particular field and are likely to buy the product that is that, that you sell. Um, or, or as I said, you know, you can buy data lists and then um, and then email them. And, um, you know, generally speaking, most people find that an email doesn't work on its own. Um, that you need to follow up that um, email with a telephone call of some kind. Um, and that has a, the advantage of cleaning the data as well, that, you know, you can update it and get different um, new contact points. Um, and maybe a physical mail shot as well. Um, you know, you've got the... Um, you, do, you do need to just learn how to do this right. You know, there's a the, the classic example... Um, that was said to me um, very early on was anything you send out needs to use the word you at least twice as often as it uses we and I because, um, you know, I used to sort of laugh at the odd mail shot that came through to me, sometimes from other accountants thinking that they were right, didn't realise they were writing to an accountant. But, you know, it would start off with, oh, dear, dear Mr. So-and-so, um, we are a firm that has been running for 150 years and we are wonderful and I don't care. I don't care in uh, about you. I only care about what's going to be useful for my business. So you'd be mm. better off saying you may well be in an industry that is suffering from problems with 
oh, blimey, yes, that's me. They're talking about me here. Now I'm engaged, you know. So get a bit of advice on this stuff. But you can use a combination of those outbound tactics, mail shots, e-shots um, and telephone calls, and maybe even what they call lumpy mail shots where you're actually giving something away for free um, and in order to get people's attention. And you may be finding sections of the market that all your other competitors that are spending all their resources on social media, website, et cetera, are not finding. Mm. I like that. It's, it's also thinking like, you know, I know sometimes we get a lot of posts and things through and, you know, sometimes you might throw it away, but you think I do keep the odd, the odd thing aside. You think, oh, I might need that if it's a window cleaner or, you know, something that might just be in my local area. And I'm more likely to probably pick up the phone to someone who's dropped me a leaflet in the local area supporting local business. And you're right, that sort of strategy actually can still work. Um, so I like that take on it. Um, well, if we look, take the least talked about strategy, which is um, probably what we as consumers do more of, actually, and you've touched on that um, earlier, Mac, and that's referral marketing. You know, we talk about products and services we buy all the time to our friends, families and colleagues, and we probably do this without thinking about it. And I don't know if sometimes this sort of marketing can be feared as it can often involve asking for recommendations or, you know, but actually asking for referrals is part of normal conversation. You know, if I sort of said, you know, where did, where was that lovely restaurant that you visited the other day? Or, you know, I love your perfume. Where did you get it from? Did you see that documentary on TV other than I? It's all, that's all, you know, it's part of referrals. And I just wanted to share an interesting story with you, actually, you know, whilst I was doing a bit of research for today's podcast. Um, and this is around Tesla's chosen marketing strategy. So I don't know if you're familiar um, with it or not, Malcolm, but Tesla claims to have a zero dollar marketing spend. Now, I really struggle to believe that there is no cost to the marketing campaigns, even if it is indirect. So I did do a bit of digging into what this actually meant. But apparently, they do not spend a penny on advertisements and endorsements. But what they do do is heavily use their social media sites, ensure their product is seen within the entertainment rather than around it. So, you know, like the adverts. And their CEO, Elon Musk, is seen to be very present on social media platforms. And apparently he responds to almost every message, tweet and comment personally. So I can't actually deny or prove that otherwise. However, this strong message of a CEO being active in encouraging people to share his product for him free of charge is a bit of an interesting take on the referral marketing strategy. You know, like every time someone likes, shares, comments, reshares, retweets, they're spreading his brand name and image to the world. So, Malcolm, how can you maybe suggest business owners maximize what referral marketing has to offer and make this an integral part of their growth strategy? Yeah, that's a fantastic um, example um, of what can be done. I mean, the um, the interesting thing about um, Tesla, of course, is that um, it, it's it's a product that um, anybody might want, even if many people can't afford it. So even those who are not potential customers, um, you know, they may aspire to be um, potential customers. Um, for many of our clients, you know, there are there's only a very small segment of the general population who are potential customers for them. So finding who um, are your referral sources might might um, be a little bit harder um, than than that, you know. And and you might also not have a product um, or service that's quite as exciting as um, as, <laughs> as well. So um, the 
it can be a little bit um, tricky. And and then just to add to that, to narrow the pool even more, um, a lot of people just aren't referrers. And, you know, I always used to find this so frustrating when I was younger that, um, you know, because I, because uh, I always was a referrer, you know, and, and, um, I, I know Emma's done one or two of the podcasts and I don't know whether she's um, said her sort of classic line that she always says, but when um, she's talking about, you know, being proactive um, with clients, she always um, says it's because she's nosy um, and, you know, but which is a great way of, um, you know, almost downplaying the fact that she's interested in in other people and she's interested in what their problems are and interested in um, how we, you know, find solutions. Um, and in in doing that, um, the, you know, the work that we get back from that is almost a byproduct because she's just as likely to recommend somebody else as she is to um, offer a solution that we can um, provide. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to find lots of people like her or, or even just, you know, even just a handful of people like her who have big customer bases. And, um, you know, that can take that can take a few years. And, you know, I was I was fortunate enough in my um, in my early days to have a couple of people um, that I work with, um, a lovely lady called Liz Brown, who um, was a bookkeeper, and um, a fantastic guy called Phil Scottford, who was um, an IT consultant um, for businesses, you know, setting up all their systems. Um, Phil, bless him, is no longer with us. Um, but um, he, you know, he, he recommended almost his whole client base to mm-hmm. me because um, – he, he would just ask them loads and loads of questions about their business um, and and then um, and then he'd just throw in the lob in the hand grenade which was um, well what sort of advice are you getting from your accountant on this um, and and then half the time or maybe more than half the time they'd laugh because they weren't getting any advice from their accountant on that so he'd go oh you want to talk to uh, my accountant and he'd recommend me so um, you know Phil was just this this great guy for um, for me um, in my younger days, you know, helping me and build up my client base and introduce me to people. But some of Phil's are a few and far between sometimes, you know, and um, sometimes you just got to, you know, maybe nudge people a little bit more and just say, um, you know, what what can I do to um, get referrals? What you know? What do you think your customers are looking for? What are they not happy about with their existing um, supplier? And um, you know that might require you to take some of those people out to lunch or invite them along to some um, corporate entertaining or or just simply send them regular emails with information. Um, I had another um, chap who used to refer to me, who, who used to refer me quite a bit, who was actually a qualified accountant himself, but um, was self-admittedly about 20 years out of date with any accounts or um, tax stuff. And and we sort of had this, um, you know, almost unspoken um, deal, really, that he just ring me up and pick my brains on stuff every now and again. And about, you know, one in five of those um, calls would then result in him introducing me to um, to uh, the client whose situation he was talking about, you know, and, and, and that the, the, the marketing cost to me of those clients that he introduced to me was the free advice that I gave him on the other four. 
uh, for five calls. So, you know, it, referral marketing is is all about that relationship and what can you give back to people um, and maybe it's just referrals back to them. Um, like I said, maybe it's just a bit of free advice here or there. Um, but, you know, if you can build up that little network of people that um, really rate you and are in a position to recommend you to the sort of customers you want, then that can be phenomenal for your business. Yeah, I like that. And I think, you know, re- you know, people buy from people and they build, buy from people they trust. And, you know, you're probably more likely to to pick up the phone to someone if someone you know is using that person or has had a good you know experience with that person then yeah. just picking someone up from google yeah Char- running- charlotte i'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you a funny little thing so when um whenever when i talk to my mum and you know she's had a sort of a a new sort of tradesman come along to um, the house to do something um the one thing that she always says about them um that is her sort of it's a killer point that they're going to be good which is they don't advertise, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and she's basically saying, well, they're so good that they get all their work through recommendation. Mm. And um, uh, it always makes me, you know, makes me chuckle thinking that, okay, so actually, you know, in her eyes, and she's got a point in her mm. eyes, somebody that advertises a lot isn't any good, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, which uh, is an interesting way to look at things. But, you know, it's it's, it's valid point, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think maybe that is some, you know, on a basic level with Tesla, they put all the money back into the product, you know, rather than spending on advertising. Maybe, you know, people are putting that that money into their service and yeah. that's why they get recommendations. So yeah, yeah. it's a good way of seeing it um, in some ways. Yeah. Um, so we've we've gone through some of those initial marketing strategies that you may need to adopt in order to attract new customers. But obviously, we know that our marketing strategy should go a little bit deeper than that, you know. Obviously, Malcolm, you know, all of our customers go on a buying journey from their awareness through to consideration through to that decision. And your strategy needs to give exposure at all points. So even though you're attracting people to your business, you'll constantly be marketing yourself to that potential customer. And really, even beyond that, when they're long term and loyally committed to you and the brand, you know, just to ensure you're always adding value for them. Um, so if we start with the next step after marketing, Malcolm, and just touch on this, you know, that's the sales process. How could a business owner start to create a strategy around how they perhaps run these initial meetings or interactions with their potential new customers that feeds into their marketing strategy? Yeah, well, we're probably, um, I think we're probably going to do a, a podcast on um, on sales in its own right at um, some point um, in the next month or two. But, you know, in, in essence, um, so I read a few different sales books when um, when I realized that actually I was getting it all wrong. I read over the next few years, I read a few sales books and I realized that they all pretty much say the same thing. Um, they may have different buzzwords and be written in different styles and, you know, a lot more modern. Um, but 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 in essence, they go through the same stages. Um, and, you know, and the first thing is just preparation. Um, and, you know, who is it you're going to see? Um, you know, th- there's all sorts of information you can find out about the people you're going to go and see, whether it's, um, you know, what they tell you on their website or social media or their accounts that are filed at company's house, um, you know, the names of the people, the ages of the people. Um, just, you know, just just get yourself um, ready. The better the more informed you look. I mean, it's, it's no different to an interview, really, is it? You know, the more informed you look, then um, the more impressed they'll be. So, 
get that bit right. Um, the the skimming through this at rapid breakneck speed, you know, the, the first part of the meeting itself is the needs and wants analysis. So asking all the questions that will uncover the things that, that they need and want. The next part is the solutions presentation where you present how your product can um, solve the, the needs and wants that they have. Um, you know, we've all had meetings with people from other companies where we kind of sit there with a puzzled look in our face thinking, well, what you're showing me is nothing like what I need for the, the, what I've outlined to you. And that's because they just haven't really listened. They've just gone on to their bog standard um, sales pitch and um, completely ignoring anything that you've ever said. You know, that is a terrible sales um, habit. You know, it, it, whatever you show, you should be referring back to all the stuff that they've told you. And um, having done that part, then um, they have what they call the close. So where um, you ask for the sale, basically. Um, you know, a friend of mine used to, well, still does, just say, so do you want it or not? You know, that's his, that's his close. And um, I said, nobody's ever really been offended by it, and it's done pretty well for his business. Mm. Um, and then, you know, perhaps they do or they're um, not too sure about um, what you've presented so you have to overcome objections um, and you know you get you get the sale or you don't um, the I think anybody can do this you know there are some people that are better at sales than others but if you know your product or service then with the right process you can be a good salesman yeah brilliant uh- how useful would you say it is to review your competitor's growth strategy to compare or learn from when building your own? And, you know, what sort of things could a business owner look at to audit this? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, your competitor's growth strategies are, uh, marketing strategies are, um, a lot of it's out there on the website, isn't it? You know, and um, if you wanted to be really sneaky, I'm sure you could find your way onto some of their mailing um, lists etc um but you you know you need to know what what you're up against um the you know for us when we're talking to a potential client you know i always say um we're probably up against two competitors um we may only be up against one so um, if it's only one then it's the existing one you know they have mm-hmm. they have an accountant already unless it's a startup um and you know and and when we do we 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 do have a number of startups that come to us but of course most of our clients have already got an accountant they're already up and running and you know and are not getting the help that they need so um you know that that we are always up against the um the incumbent accountant and if we're only fractionally better then the embarrassment of telling that incumbent accountant that he or she is no longer acting probably means that the the client won't change so so you always want to check them out and um you know see what um they're up to so you know what the competition is but of course they may be absolutely appalling um and disastrously bad but that doesn't mean you're going to get the business because um they may be meeting two potential um, providers so i think um you know it needs to be researched so that you're prepared 
Um, you need to look at the sort of marketing that people are doing. Um, you know, if somebody's doing something really well, then I, I wouldn't go there because you don't really want to do exactly the same marketing as someone else is doing, but do it worse. Um, you're better off going for something that's that's different, just taking a different angle on it. Um, and all of this as well, you know, looking at your competitors helps you build your your USP, your unique selling point. So for those of you that haven't heard me talk about this or Charlotte talk about this on previous podcasts, a unique selling point is the one thing about you and your business which is better than any of your competitors. Um, and um you know you may have a lot of good qualities in your business but um if everybody else that you're in competition with does it has all those qualities as well then that's not going to be a reason to change to you so you've got to find the thing that's um that's different and if you don't look on um any if you don't do any research about your competitors how are you ever going to be able to find that yeah i agree and if we just touch on then that Tesla research from earlier, Malcolm, you know, there's going to be some cost to your marketing strategy, even if that's your time in creating one. So how much could we or should we consider budgeting for our marketing, bearing in mind that most of our listeners here are hopefully looking for big growth from their businesses and likely will be established companies? Yeah, interesting. Um of course not everybody's going to be looking for big growth. And some of that growth may be just coming anyway, you know. Um mm-hmm. There's, you know, we always say our, our clients fall into um, two um, categories, those that want um, to make more money and those that want to have more time. Um, and, you know, obviously, um, if you're in the first part of your career, you're more likely to be in the want more money um camp and if you're in the latter part of your career, you know, you know, perhaps you've built a little bit of, um financial resource behind you you're more likely to be um in the you know in the wanting more time camp so um so you, you first of all just got to decide you know what level of growth is it that you want um you know it may be that you've just worked out what your attrition rate is every year and you know how many new customers you need a year just to stand still and and you're, you're happy with that um or it may be that, you know, you want to grow 10%, 20%, 100%, you know, whatever it is. So um, that's the um, that, that, that's where you need to start. And then um, you've got to then think about the um, techniques that you're going to use. Um, I would tend to... Um, for, for most owner-managed businesses, the biggest limiting factor on all of this is going to be your time. You know, you, if, especially, of course, if you are the one that goes and visits the new customers. Um, but, you know, even if you're not, you know, just the growth of the business will hoover up your time, dealing with recruitment and bigger premises and cash flow and all of those other things that come with that growth. So, um, you know, if you're if you are looking to grow, You've got to think about how much time have you got. Um, probably the answer to that at the moment will be zero. Okay, right. If that's the case, then what are you going to get rid of? What things are you not going to do in order to free up some time to do the marketing? Okay, now we've got a little bit of budget of time. So what 
um, how can I use that time? You know, I mean, if your marketing strategy is to um, handwrite personal letters with a quill pen and then follow them up by driving to the customer's premises and knocking on their door to see if they're in, then, you know, that's not going to engender a particularly good return on investment. And obviously I'm exaggerating with that, but, um, you know, you, you've got to think about what is going to get the the most return the best return per hour or day or morning whatever of 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 your time and sometimes people just focus on the external cost you know they've there's um a, a, a marketing company that's proposed a package and they just look at that pound sign in front of it and think oh blimey that sounds expensive but actually you know um it too um two offerings that are exactly the same cost and um, would generate um, exactly the same number of amount of new business may be significantly different in terms of return on investment because one of them requires you to spend, um, you know, to spend the next three weeks completely rewriting every bit of product information on your website. The other one requires you to answer a few questions to the marketing company and, and off they go. You know, so, so it, it, it almost always comes back to return on investment of the owner, owner manager of the business. And then beyond that return on investment um, of your team and those external costs combined. Yeah, brilliant. And I, I like that sort of, you know, point on using, you know, using another company or outsourcing it or bringing someone in, whatever it is, if someone's going to be using their time to do the marketing for you, you can then focus on what most business owners do best, which is, you know, talking to the customers, creating those relationships, you know, focusing on those sort of things. And it's about the balance between the two. Um just to like um, finish us off there, Malcolm, do you have any practical advice or any case studies where you perhaps supported a client or even where you yourself have assessed and written marketing strategies which have been successful? Um, well, it's been lots of um, different times. You know, sometimes people are just so busy that they don't um, they don't see simple marketing opportunities. Um, one of the um, – one particular client I was talking to a few years ago, um, they – um, none of their vans were sign written, and I was just kind of gobsmacked. Really, you know, they they um, everybody that came to them came to their premises, um, but then having come to their premises, they then had to deliver stuff back. I, I won't explain what it was that they did, but um, I was like, so you've got these, you know, five vans out on the road, and they're not sign written. It just seemed to be, um, you know, an, an obvious thing I to see. do. Yeah. Um, you know, the the referral marketing um, stuff, you know, this, this just comes up all the time. And uh, funnily enough, often people don't realise that they're actually quite good at referral marketing, um, it's just come about by accident, you know. Um, and then when they realise they're good at referral marketing, they think, oh, actually, well, you better go and find um, lots of other new um, referral sources um, for myself, really. So, um, you know, we, we obviously for us, the marketing advice that we give is is part of general profit improvement. So um, we, we are rarely going in 
to completely rewrite somebody's marketing strategy. It's more a part of their overall um, goals. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of any of the cases that are crossing my mind at the moment that I'd be happy to talk about when they're all <laughs> existing clients. So, uh, so maybe, maybe I better not do that, Charlotte. <laughs> no, that's all right. So, yeah, I mean, if there's any more practical tips that, that you've got, then um, share with yeah. us. Actually, yeah, there's a there's a, a couple of um, um, couple of things here. So, I think um, a v- complete, two completely different points here. So, the first one um, is to do with scalability um, of this, because you know the classic thing. One of the um, one of the little messages in the book that I've written, "Accidental Millionaires," is um, the whole thing about what got you here won't get you there. So, um, we get into successful business owners get into some very good habits that work really, really well for them up to a point. Mm -hmm. And then the business has got to a certain size and that just isn't going to work anymore because they have no more hours in the day. So you have to start thinking about, can I scale this? Can I train other people to do this? Can I come up with a way of measuring their performance so I know if they're doing badly um, or well. Um, can I find a way of um, helping those people do the bits they're not quite so good at? You know, so, you know, we're sending them out and they're talking to people um, and, you know, and then we're getting all the data that they've found and we're putting it into our database and we're, you know, supporting them by following it up with some emails and um you know product information or whatever um you know and then there's the whole you know writing um scripts and checklists so that all the stuff that you've learnt when you were on that upward part of the journey before you got to this plateau when you know what um, got you here won't get you there um you know all of that stuff is now written into a process that you can teach other people to do and if you can do that then then off you go again mm-hmm. so that's the sort of you know the, the number one um tip depending on where you are on the journey the other thing to think about um uh, to remember is that every point where there is a contact with a customer whether that's face to face or over the telephone or you know, or, or online, or whatever it is, you know, every single one of those points is marketing. Even if you know you think that it's customer service, it's still marketing. So, um, you know, somebody um, said to me um, that um, in the um, in the, the the restaurant where um, where they work, one of the things that they always say when the dessert menu uh, comes they always say to the to the older customers um oh the apple pie is lovely right and um and 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 apparently the um, many of those older customers just stop looking at the menu at that point and go oh well i'll have some of the apple pie then you know so um now you know you could have just stood there waiting um for them and um, they may have just decided actually you know They've kind of just lost the will to live by the time they've got to the, the bottom of the um, the list. But they've had a recommendation from somebody. So, um, and they're actually appreciative um, of that, assuming, of course, the apple pie is lovely. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and that's good customer service, but it's also marketing. Uh, and, uh, 
um, you know, even the most junior employee um, doing the most mundane piece of work, if they have contact with a customer, then you need to think about what they are bringing to your marketing. And and if you can if you can do that in your business, then um, as long as you're in an industry that um, is um, has sufficient demand within it, then you know you'll succeed. Yeah, I like that, Mark. It reminds me actually of a time when I had a job um, before this one many years ago, and in the in in the retail store I worked at. It was nothing to do with this, but we always said, would you like some stamps? I don't know why. It was just one of the things we sold on the till. But I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, you know, like, uh, you know, marketing, upselling on the till. And everyone said, would you like, you know, would you like this product of the day? Or, you know, would you like to go large? It's all, it's all related. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, People are buying, people are buying Christmas cards. Then, you know, why wouldn't you ask them if um, they they want stamps? stamps? But, but, you know, those staff are are busy. If no one's ever told them to do that, they're unlikely to to do it, are they? So, um, and then, you know, missed out on a, on a sale as a result. So yeah, I like that example. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Malcolm. Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I think the key thing to take away from today is that there are several ways to reach your ideal customers. But if you know who they are and where to find them, you can use one of or a combination of any of these marketing techniques to design an ideal strategy for generating customers for your business. Next week, we are joined by Real Richardson, who will be discussing ways to generate cash or bring finance into your business in order to start putting, amongst other things, your growth and marketing strategies into action. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We are A4G and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at A4G Chartered Accountants. Alternatively, check out our website www.a4g-llp.co.uk which is full of free tools, guidance and plenty of food for thought to help support you with running your successful business. I've been your host today, Charlotte, and this is Let's Get Down to Business.